For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to episode 43 of the Spider Scoop podcast. We're back after a little bit of a little bit of a layoff since the A10 tournament. As always, I'm your host, Noah Goldberg with ESPN Richmond, joined by I guess struggling Charlotte Hornets fan once again with the the season ending injury to LaMelo Ball, but once again struggling Charlotte Hornets fan, but he also writes about the Spiders for A10 talk, and that's Austin Daisy. Austin, it's been a little bit, um, it's been a weird, weird vibe, been kind of hard to get into this, I guess, postseason tournament. Uh, it is pretty funny considering the way the season ended to think that uh, the Spiders are the last team in Virginia still playing basketball. Uh, so I guess if we want to, if we want to take that as a win, we can. Um, but not, nonetheless, uh, Richmond is playing Mississippi State uh, tomorrow night, I believe at six o'clock ESPN two. Uh, and that is the quarterfinals, I believe, for the NIT. Uh, they win that. They will play on Saturday in the semis against the winner of Louisiana Tech, I think, in Western Kentucky. Uh, missing a chance to play against St. Louis. Almost got that uh, second, that rematch from this year. We all know the the kind of events that unfolded with what would have been one of their games with SLU. So missed that opportunity. But a similar team, someone in that Mississippi State's a physical team. They grind out defense. So... Should be a fun matchup. Richmond's got success against the SEC. The A-10 has success against the SEC. Um, so why don't we start? Let's break down a little bit. Let's talk about Toledo since we didn't get a pot out after that game. Uh, again, we know Blake didn't play. Grant didn't play. We actually know Grant's going to be done now for the rest of the tournament. Uh, what were your just initial takeaways on what went down in that game? Of course, you know, 11-point deficit. That was their largest comeback um, of any game during the season. And I know just instant thought for me was – not even anything that stood out of how they played, but just that that first half from a feel and flow of the game, they just looked so out of it. And it was exactly what you expected. Everyone didn't really think they were motivated or had anything to play for. And that's how they looked in the first half. And I don't know what flipped that switch, but a flip certainly did switch in that second half. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, That was a game where we're, we're at that time of year for me personally, where, you know, being a teacher sports start picking up a school. So I catch bits and pieces. So, I did catch the second half of that game. And, you know, after reading what everybody was talking about with the first half, I was like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Like, we, we look good. Like, like you said, I mean, it was an instant turnaround from the first half. Um, really liked that we got some of the freshmen playing too. I think at this point, me personally, is winning the NIT really, you know, that great of a thing? Sure, you want your team to win. But me personally, I'm more excited about – kind of seeing these guys step up that are going to be our future, seeing the freshman play, yeah. seeing Wilson and Jai get in. So that's what I was most excited about, just seeing them getting some floor time in in postseason March basketball. So, you know, that was kind of my first initial thing. So I mainly paid attention to the box score, but really like seeing those freshmen play and hoping for the same thing tomorrow night. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, I mean, obviously, you know, it would be nice to win the NIT. It would be nice to see Blake Francis play tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, again, we don't know. 
But like you said, seeing, you know, Jai get, I think, like 12 minutes. Uh, Isaiah didn't play big minutes, but I mean, bigger than we were accustomed to most of the year, obviously started. Um, he played 19 and, and Goose got 20 off the bench. Uh, so he did struggle a little bit, I thought, defensively in the first half, which is probably why Goose did get a lot of minutes. Uh, and I was fine with that adjustment. Um, we know we didn't see the offensive flashes per se we've seen in the past, but again, it's a freshman and he's played spotty minutes. So nothing out of the ordinary, anything you get out of him is a bonus. You can't ask too much from him. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing, and when you want to say like looking at the future, right, obviously it's super exciting to see Jai play in Isaiah, but another thing we have to consider is who's playing center next year. And we've seen a little bit of what life after Grant Golden could look like. Um, again, like we all know, Andre Weir, things happened and he kind of suddenly left the program. We we're all pretty surprised by it. I mean, even Chris Mooney was surprised by it. He said he wanted wanted Andre to stay. Uh, so it's not like the team kicked him out or anything. So uh, so obviously that was going to be your center of the future. He was a really tall, skilled, athletic, big man, great touch on the ball, could step out and hit a three. He's gone. And so next year it's it's Matt Grayson and Sal Caressi. Like those are one of those two guys are going to be your starting five. And I really thought well, I still do believe Matt Grace starts at the five next year just because such a similar role to how Grant plays. He actually shoots the three much better than Grant. Um, but again, he can pass. He, he sets uh, screens well. Obviously, you know, we know what the defensive question marks are, but also Grant has defensive question marks. Grant's not an all-conference defender either. Uh, so so it was fun to see them play. But but speaking of Sal, even though I don't think he'll start next year, Sal played awesome. I mean, that, that was honestly one of the big reasons they had that spark in the second half um, is, is Sal getting some offensive rebounds, getting some some tip-ins. Uh, I think he had 10 points in the game. So once again, I need to check what his fouls were, though. Did he foul? No. Oh, yeah, Sal did, Sal did foul out in 13 minutes. So probably another reason, right, why we don't think he's going to start at the five next year. Great to get 10 points in 13 minutes. Five fouls, probably not not too hot, but but we'll take that. So that was kind of kind of fun to watch. Um, nice to see them not get beat up on the glass. Uh, but I, I think another big thing too, thing about this game is Toledo is actually one of the best and most prolific three point shooting teams in the entire country. Uh, Ryan Hollins went off for sixteen points in the first half. Uh, only scored two in the second half. Um, Isaiah cleaned it up a little bit. Obviously, getting goose some minutes, I think, cleaned that up a little bit, but. I mean, holding one of the top 10 three-point shooting teams in the country to 6 of 26 from from deep, I mean, you can't ask more, much more than that on the defensive end. No, yeah. I mean, people – it's easy to look at teams from conferences such as the MAC, where typically they focus more on football and you, you just – you think MAC basketball sucks. And keeping up with mid-major basketball is – something that's really exciting. I mean, you saw what Ohio just did to Virginia. I mean, they have yeah. a team from the Mac. They, it's a good basketball conference. So, you know, people can say what they want about, oh, wow, they beat Toledo. Look, man, they, when we're in March and you're beating a tournament team, air quotes there, you're doing something right. And, you know, I just like seeing all the pieces kind of come together, um, seeing different guys pick up slack when we got guys um, injured. So, you know, I'm – I'm as content as I can be with an NIT appearance, I guess. Um, speaking of big men, you know, we're talking about who might play center next year. I don't know if you saw earlier, but uh, Bonaventure's bench center is transferring. He's in the transfer portal. He's six foot 10, 235. So I think it'd be kind of weird to do in kind of interconference transfer, but can't really rule that out either. Yeah. And we should, I, I, I saw, I don't know if, I think it was on Twitter. Someone floated that there was like a, 
two, like the A10 had like a two year waiting period if you transferred in conference versus the standard one. Uh, I have no idea if that's a rule. I'd never heard of it before, but I also don't know it's not a rule. So that, that would be something to look into. But even without that, um, you know, in, in conference transfers are uncommon, but I mean, this whole <laughs> past year has been pretty uncommon. So who knows? And, and the spiders are in really dire need of a big man. So we'll see what happens there. Um, so a couple of, there were two other things that really stood out to me. The first of which was obviously we want Blake and Grant, but man, is it fun to watch Gilly be the guy seeing him go six of 13 and he could honestly be even more volume than that, but just looking aggressive, 18 points led the team along with Tyler. Um, but I mean, he was, you know, and it certainly wasn't like, uh, what was that against uh, Duquesne when he was taking all the shots uh, early? It, it wasn't that aggressive, but, but seeing him going out there and being a scorer and, and just the change of speed he uses to, to get to the, get to the rim is really fun to watch. So that's a guy who, I'm not going to pick because there's, I want to see all the seniors come back for different reasons, but you think about the steals record, you think about just, you know what? And and I hate to say seeing him not alongside Blake, I don't want to knock that and say like the team's better without, although there have been times and I still go back and forth on addition by subtraction with Blake. Um, But, but nonetheless, I think just getting to see Gilly be that guy next year with a, with a junior uh, version of Tyler Burton with, some of these younger guys like Isaiah and, and Jai maybe getting older and better, I think would be really exciting. So, and I mean, you and I have been calling it, right? Like we've both been saying all year, we want to see Gilly be much more aggressive. Yeah, no, he, he's, I mean, it just shows you how good he is when he really opens it up because, you know, we see he's up there with the all-time steals record. Um, he has the most to gain to come back. I feel like out of all the seniors, he would have the most to gain, you know, who wouldn't want to be number one on a leaderboard for college basketball. And, when you see, like you talked about, when when he is the guy, when he is the scorer, it just shows you how pure and how good of a basketball player he is. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people that don't, obviously Richmond fans know that he's something special, but like nationwide, people look, they're like, oh, 5'10", I'm not, I'm not concerned with that. But if you just watch let's, him. Let's put play, an asterisk at the, at the end of that 5'10", <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, hope he's listening to this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, it just shows you how pure and how just, athletic this kid is and he has been so much fun to watch so mm-hmm. jacob like i just said man if you're listening come back man we want to watch you again yeah seriously jacob you can have like all my dining dollars next year man <laughs> if you come back and more than willing to give them up um but yeah it's like in in the thing with why i love seeing when we get to see volume gilly is because like the difference with him and blake and I, again I, I hate to keep knocking blake because it's also a different like it's they just do different things but the thing with Blake is he's kind of a one trick pony. Like he shoots and he attacks the basket. Like that's it. And he takes really aggressive shots and he's either on or he's off. Like Gilly does so many different things. So it's like he can have a, a three of 15 game. Like obviously it's really, really bad shooting wise, but he can have a three of 15 game and still be maybe the most impactful player on the court that night. So that's why I'm like a lot more okay with it. Cause you know, he's going to get other guys involved. You know, he usually doesn't turn the ball over that much. So that's why I'm really okay with it and, and want to see it uh, more often. But, but one of the reasons that, you know, moving on to my second thing from this game and the reason you get to see him be that aggressive is because other, when other guys play well, it can take a little bit of the pressure off of him and, and free up some lanes for him. And one of those guys was Tyler Burton, a guy that got out to a great start this year, played really well until kind of that, that last COVID pause hit and, and struggled. He had a couple good games, but really struggled against VCU, struggled against UMass. Um, and, and then this one, like we said, right, he had 18 points. He was four of eight from three. 
shooting about 38% this year from behind the arc. Uh, so he's arguably been their best three-point shooter. I mean, he's not doing that the volume Blake does, but volume enough in a much higher clip. Uh, but but here's the thing, and I, I saw a lot of stuff going around online about Tyler's three-point shooting being the X factor and the rest of this NIT run. And I want to slow the roll on that a little bit because I know that's been the case all year. Totally agree. Tyler's three-point shooting has been a game-changer this season. But since they came out of that code pause, but just looking back at the past four games before the Toledo game in which he went four of eight, in the previous four games, he shot one of five from three against Duquesne. He shot O of one from three against St. Joe's. He shot O of four from three against St. Louis. And he shot O of two against UMass. And so in the previous four games, Tyler was a combined one of 12 from three. So yeah, the three pointer is going to matter, but let's not start hyping it up. Like this is what needs to, like we should be expecting it in that. Like, like there's a very real chance. And in fact, if we're going to look back at the numbers, the numbers say he's more likely not going to shoot the three very well or at a four of eight clip. So I hope to get it. I don't know what you're expecting. Do you think that that Toledo game is him turning the corner because during his slump since the COVID pause, he did have one good game in there, but we saw the large sample size of those like five or six games since overall, he didn't put it together. Yeah, no, I feel like we've talked about this over and over this year about, you know, he couldn't string those games together. So for him, confidence-wise, and, you know, just as a basketball team, Richmond does need him to hit threes. But like you said, mm-hmm. I agree with you perfectly. He's not going to make or break this game for the Mississippi State. If he if he goes one of four or two of six, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not going to be the biggest factor in this game. Um, I, I personally like seeing him big, you know, with some blocks down low on the boards as well, especially mm-hmm. with Matt Grace on defense. Um but no, yeah, he's definitely not the make or break guy come tomorrow night. But again, hopefully he can string back to back games together and, you know, just give us some more confidence moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's, it's just, I mean, I guess like you do want him to be effective because when they, when they struggle to get offense going against, like, I mean, they put 67 points on St. Louis, but um, like he didn't have a huge game against St. Louis. And I would argue, while we thought they should have won that, I thought they played that game really well. And Tyler in that game only had seven points. And he was 0-4 from three. So I guess, I mean, I guess I'm kind of arguing against myself because I guess I am pointing out if he gives you a better game from three, yeah, maybe they win that game. Like, that's a fair point. But again, it's kind of like the thing with Isaiah and, and Tyler's, it was, I feel like it was really easy with Tyler to get caught up in the fact that he had such a phenomenal and consistent season up until that COVID pause. Like I think Nick said on one of our shows, Tyler was arguably, probably was the most consistent player up until then, but we can't keep saying up until then because that wasn't a three game stretch. That was over a month stretch. That was like a six game stretch that he's really struggled and been inconsistent. So for me, one game against Toledo. All right, let's see him do it again. We know he can do it. We know he strung it together, but he hasn't strung it together in basically two months. So again, I'm really looking for a big game out of Gilly. I want to see him score. Uh, I really want to see Nate do stuff. I know again, a big physical team, maybe the emphasis isn't down low with Nate. Again, a lot is going to come down to just Blake playing this one. So We'll see, but I do think Tyler is an X factor. But like you said, I'm really more concerned about what Tyler does on the defensive end and on the glass uh, in this game. We wanted to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. 
As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators will verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects the sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Uh, we got some recruiting stuff, what the team's going to look like next year. Uh, there's two names basically floating right now I think we should talk about. Uh, the first one's Tyler Kolek. Um, he, obviously, Dave Paulson gets fired. Tyler Kolek, uh, rookie of the year in the A-10, phenomenal guard, great shooter, great overall player. Um, he's entering the transfer portal, has left the option open to return to George Mason, and I think the English hire is a great step to potentially keep him. I, I don't think there's anyone better they could have hired. Uh, assistant coming from Tennessee, former player at George Mason, um, just seems like a really great mind. Seems like he could be a good players coach. So we'll see what happens. Really, kind of a very reminiscent of like an Archie Miller hire, uh, in, in my opinion, very similar to that. So, but he has it. They said he's heard from several power conference schools. Uh, he's also heard from Davidson and Richmond. Um, we already talked about why in conference transfers can be very unlikely. I would be really shocked if he uh, came to Richmond. But do you do you think it's a possibility, and and what could he bring? I, I think I mean, if he off chance did come to this team, I mean, it would completely change the trajectory of this team. Oh, absolutely! I, I really enjoyed watching him play, and there were a couple times this year where I'd watch, like I think it was George Mason, St. Joe's, just, just to watch him play. And mm-hmm. he's electric; he is fun to watch. And I do think George Mason is a hundred percent going in the right direction. I mean, just based on Twitter alone, it's getting fans engaged again. So, you know, good for them up in Fairfax. But, you know, I really would you – know, I guess I would really like him to come here. Um, you know, he's fun to watch, especially if, if Gilliard and Blake are gone. It'd be nice to have a semi-experienced guard. He got a lot of play time this year. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, yeah, the, the in, in-conference transfers, kind of weird – um, mm-hmm. but again, this whole off season, I feel like it's going to be like free agency. Like yeah. everybody's just kind of going everywhere. You know, I know, I think it was you that retweeted Ryan Daly's tweet earlier. What, what did he say? Yeah. Was it? I, I think Daly said someone had said that, uh, the transfer portal is like Tinder for coaches. <laughs> yeah. That's A plus. Exactly. Ryan Daly's Twitter account is probably one of the best current slash former a 10 players on Twitter. Must follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Guy loves a 10 talk. He loves all the memes. He loves the dad bod jokes. He's just very for it. It's just such a great guy. Um, so yeah, so we got Tyler. Um, and an important thing to remember too, right. Obviously is that he would have to sit out a year. So he couldn't play here next year. Anyways, uh, can't play next year, regardless of where he goes at this point. Uh, so that was one thing to consider. I, yeah, I just don't see it happening for a, the aforementioned reasons, plus the fact that it just like fit wise. I mean, they need big men. Like they've got a ton of guards. They have so many guards. I mean, I guess I know. I, I guess Andre's going to be gone, but like you're still going to have Gustafson. You're still going to have Isaiah. You're still going to have Jai, who's kind of a wing guard. You have Jason Nelson coming in. You have uh, Malcolm Dredd coming in. You have Randolph coming in. These are all like guard wing combos, kind of around that same. I Tyler's a little bit more of a pure guard, but that's just really not what the need is right now. So I mean, you still take him. You take talent, but 
I, I, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, the other one, uh, the one I think could happen is I have to look up, I have to find Borzell's tweet, but Cameron Healy um, is transferring. He will be a graduate transfer. He was a redshirt junior this year. Um, he was at U Albany, a uh, really electric player in his first year too. I don't know if he broke the freshman scoring record, but I know he scored over 500 uh, points as a freshman, I believe broke some three point shooting records, really great three point shooter. Um, I know coming into this season, I believe he was a first team uh, conference selection, um, but he's really a second two years were just riddled with injuries. Um, I know this season, like he was only playing like 60 minutes a game scoring in single digits. Um, but it, I mean, when, when he's been on the court and in the lone postseason game, I think he scored or conference tournament game. I think he scored 28 points. So when he's healthy, I mean, he's an electric player. Uh, the guy can shoot the ball. Um, again, not really fitting the need with Richmond, um, in, in terms of big men, but I mean, you always need shooting, right? Like we saw this year, again, the absence of Nick Sherrod, so you do always need it. Um, I don't know what, what do you think he could bring to this team? Borzello said that he, I'm, I'm going to look up, I'll, I'll let you talk about him a little bit and I'll find who else he's heard from Borzello. Yeah, no, um, I can't say I've watched many Albany games, but I, I browse oh. box scores and I mean, he, he would bring points, man. The kid can score. Mm -hmm. I think there was one point last year. I think he – hold on, let me see. Cameron Healy. Yeah. He had 41 points against uh, UMass Lowell. And, you know, obviously not the highest quality opponent, but scoring 41 points in a college basketball game is impressive no matter mm -hmm. no matter what the circumstance is. Um, I would like to know when was the last time a Richmond player scored 40-plus. I mean, that's got to have been a long time ago. Um so, Jason Vita, that one's for you if you want to <laughs> let us know that one. But, um, no, I mean, the kid can score. But like you said, he doesn't really fit the really, really need this guy kind of profile. But, again, at this point, I'll take any shooter that can come to Richmond. Yep. And let me correct that. It was Jake Lieberman, not Borzello. Borzello had the Colec one. Um, so, he – let's see. Uh I can't find that tweet, but yeah, shout out Jake Lieberman for, for calling out the Richmond thing. Um, so yeah, so we got that. Um, I guess let's quickly just hit on next year's team. We already kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, so what do you think? Let's say, let's say one senior comes back, pick one senior. You can only bring back one. It can be Blake Grant, Nate, whoever uh, pick one senior who's coming back. And what do you see this team doing next year? How well can they compete with that one senior in this conference? All right, so I'm, I'm going to kind of cheat here. I've got a feeling I – don't, I, I don't know. I've just thought this all year long. If Gilliard comes back, he would be the one I would pick because I really do believe that if he comes, more will follow. I, that's just what my gut's hmm. telling me. I don't – obviously, I have no insight or anything on this. It's just what, what my gut's telling me. So, at this point, I would pick Gilly. Really do think he'd bring some guys back. Um, again, for him personally, I want to see him, you know, break the steals record, you know, just keep climbing the leaderboards. And you know, for the team, me selfishly as a fan, I'm not ready to give him up. I, I just love watching him play. Um, again, if Blake, if Blake leaves, doesn't come back, he will be the guy like he was in that Toledo game. And that would just be a fun season to watch of Jacob Gilliard basketball. So do you think if Gilly, let's say Gilly comes back next year, but you lose Grant, Nate, and, and, uh, and Blake, did this, is this team a top four team in the conference? Top six? Are they top half? Top half. I wouldn't say top four. Um, I could see you know, better than this year seeding wise. I would mm -hmm. 
like my gut would say like maybe a six or a seven seed going in, mm-hmm. which I mean, based on what's possibly to come, I can't say I'd be too upset with that. Mm-hmm. Um, a six or seven, just as long as, you know, we'll never finish below Fordham. We always have that for us, but yeah. you know, I, we no double digit seeds. That's, that's something I don't want, but no, if we lose, yeah. yeah I, just a lot to wrap your head around so many different possibilities. Yeah, seriously. I, I, I would say just to, for a little variety, I'm, let's just say I'll grant comes back next year, just cause different player than Gilly. And I, I actually think it would be interesting too, just only because there's going to be a lot of guards next year. Again, we already mentioned the other recruits like Malcolm Dredd and some of these guys coming in. You've already got Isaiah Wilson, Jai, Jason Nelson, of course, another short guard. Um, so I just think it would be really fun to see all these young guards as it has been in the system for a year. Although it would be nice to, I guess, see Gilly kind of teach Jason Nelson, but um, Isaiah has kind of learned to, to have the, the veteran big man like Grant who can facilitate the offense so well. I do think that's when you can make up for inexperienced ball handling at the guard position when you have a big man that can handle the ball so well. Uh, so I think that would be a, just a fun hypothetical. Um, I, th- I think I think if you bring Grant back at that point, he's what, like 35, 36 age season. So maybe going on 38. We have our own Perry Ellis. Seriously, right? This kid, I, I always feel like on, on A10 Twitter, it's like there's like a tweet template and it's like insert name of white red shirt senior big man. This guy's <laughs> been in the A10 forever, like yes. every single one. Um, but no, so I think just looking around, around the conference, I think that when you look at the teams ahead of you, so from this year, Davidson loses Kellen Grady. This, I mean, they'll be a good team next year, but I think just the fact that matchup history you always usually stomp around on them, and then plus they're losing Kellen Grady again. I think Hunter Lee is a phenomenal player, but I just, I, I, I don't think Davidson's a threat to you. St. Louis, Javante Perkins back, um, but we don't know with Hassan French or with Jordan Goodwin. Um, I, if those guys don't come back, potentially you could be ahead of them. So I, I think realistically, I think they should be top. I think they could be top six if Grant came back next year. Um, BCU, of course, is ahead of you. St. Bonaventure is probably ahead of you. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I haven't determined yet. I think I need to decompress after the season and reflect before I can say like what they need to do next year to be a success and turn this program around. Um, there's a lot of questions to answer. Um, you know, there were a lot of excuses and I, I shouldn't say excuses. There are a lot of explanations for why the season went the way that it did. It sucked for a lot of other teams too, but at the end of the day, they, we're in the best position given COVID with an experienced team to handle this whirlwind of a season. And I think they kind of fell short of that, but let's see. I don't know. Would you say if they win the NIT, is this season a success? If they win the whole thing? That's a really difficult question. Now, like, obviously, yeah, no matter what contest you're in, the goal is to win. I mean, in itself, you consider the postseason a success, but to me, given given the circumstances of last year and all the hope after going 24 and seven, knowing everybody's coming back, you, you can't call it a successful season. You you, yeah. you just can't. Um, a successful tournament, absolutely. Winning the NIT, um, you know, you're in it. You got to win. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. At the end of the day, we can mope and complain about not making the NCAA tournament, but at the end of the day, we're playing postseason basketball and. We're supposed to want our team to win. That's obviously what we want to happen. But 
as a whole, no, I, I really can't say I consider the season a success regardless of what happens in the NIT. Yeah, I would say unequivocally no, not a success, even if they win it. But I will say this about winning the NIT. Going into the NIT, they were on a, what was it? Was it a three-game losing streak, I think? Uh, Duquesne and St. Joe's, and then there was one more before. I don't remember. I think it was three. Let me see. They had – yeah, St. Louis, St. Joe's, Duquesne. Yeah, so they were on a three-game losing streak going into the NIT – and, the, I mean, the vibe around that, especially after the St. Joseph's loss, but then, I mean, it really hit at the Duquesne one. But, I mean, we at the St. Louis game, like, we had that post-game pod with Nick. And, I mean, I, he wasn't, like, ripping his own team, but, like, he was vehemently expressing frustration. He was, like, he was saying to his teammates, like, we should have won this game. Like, we didn't rise to the occasion. He talked about the focus, saying that they should have had their goal set on the A-10 from the beginning and not got lost in – at large hopes. So just the, the general mood and the morale around the team, the vibe around the program, I think within the locker room, but I think also just as fans and media people was really, really bad. And you want to talk Andre Weir left the team and you're really in need of a big man. You need to do some recruiting. You really need to write this ship really quickly, given what transpired this year, finishing the season on a, on a potentially four game losing streak. If you had lost Toledo in the first round eggs in the NIT, what a terrible culmination for that season to end your seniors who are considering making the decision if they want to come back next year or not, probably look at a four game losing streak in first round X in the NIT and say, fuck, like, why, why would I want to come back to this right now? Absolutely not. Um, so, so from that standpoint, getting seniors back and it's not just on paper, the idea of like them being on a team that's winning the NIT, but also literally the mood. I mean, again, the thing we talked about going into Toledo was that we didn't think they would be motivated and it didn't look like in the first half, they didn't just win the game. I mean, when you watched them in that second half, like the team looked happy. The team was having fun. So you can, if like, that's what you want. Like if guys are going to make that decision, you want them to be happy and in a good place to make that decision. So I think that's point A. I think that's really good. And also just in the same front of recruiting, right? Yeah. You didn't make the tournament, but if you win the NIT, you go out on a really good note and then you look back and you say, Hey, we had a really bad stretch to finish that regular season but we saw the high points this year and we saw some good streaks. Maybe we don't have that COVID pause at the ends. Maybe we keep it rolling. And that's backed up by the fact that we just went on a consistent run in the NIT. Maybe just shows we needed that. I'm not saying it is, I'm not excusing it, but that boosts them around the team. Your seniors come back, you get some better recruits. Maybe you can turn this thing around. Maybe this is really wishful thinking. I kind of think it is. I'm again, a little bit cynical right now with the way everything's going. So Again, not a, not a success if you win the NIT, but I really do think good things could come of it um, at this point. So that's that. That is by far more time than I ever wanted to spend talking about the NIT in my entire life. So I think we can wrap it up there. Uh, Austin, it was a pleasure. We're glad to uh, get this going again. We wish our, our buddy Nick down in uh, Texas right now good luck. Um, so as always, uh, you guys can follow me and Austin on Twitter and Instagram at Noah Goldberg 10 and at Austin Daisy 11. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Episode 43 of the spider scoop podcast to get it on any platform. Uh, make sure to give us a like subscribe, five star review. Greatly appreciated. Um, with that, we will see you guys probably between tomorrow's game, potentially Saturday, but TBD schedules are flexible these days. So nonetheless, NIT roll spiders. Let's go.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.